0: Stevie Jobber.
1: And it's your boy Dangerous Duke
0: And welcome back to the Dangerous Jobbers Podcast Putting wrestling over one podcast at a time Damn right Man, welcome to a very special edition of the Dangerous Jobbers Podcast Um, in recent Dark Side of the Ring episodes There has been one that we felt we could definitely sit down and talk about Um, it came out this month, according to when we're releasing it. Mm -hmm. Um, the plane ride from hell episode was released and there has been, um,
1: a lot of major
0: backlash. I want to say,
1: yeah, a lot of shit has hit the fan for a lot of people. Um, and some of it is funny. Uh, a lot of it is pretty fucked up. Um, some of these stories you knew about, um, some of them, you knew a little bit about some of them, you knew the whole thing. Some of them, you didn't know anything about. Um, and we just wanted to like run through it real quick and give our thoughts because, you know, they had a lot of people on there giving their thoughts of what happened. Uh, some were valid thoughts, some were kind of fucked up in our opinion. Uh, and we haven't really talked about this with one another like we all we did was tell each other to watch it we didn't even plan to talk about it it was just it was such a wild episode and it was such a eye-opening thing that we both kind of felt like we had to like discuss it and bounce it off of each other and see what we thought about it
0: um yeah i i'd watched the episode with uh mrs jobber and um I don't know it was just it was it was wild. I mean, we'll get into it um point by point but it was I mean, you know, some and like I said, some stuff, like you said, some stuff you knew about um but it was the things you didn't know that were just kind of disheartening or partly funny
1: depending on which situation you're talking about. Yeah. Um I I feel like For the most part, um, it definitely it might have shed. How do I say? It might have shed a dark light on professional wrestling for the people who don't watch professional wrestling. Because for the people who don't watch professional wrestling, but they know the names like Ric Flair, and they know the they know the names like uh, Scott Hall or. I don't know, just the names like that, like the bigger names, like you don't watch wrestling, but you just hear about them and like pop culture and things like that. It might, it might shed a dark light on some of the stuff in professional wrestling. Uh, Cause I know there's a lot of people who don't follow wrestling, but they follow like music, like Bad Bunny yeah, and uh, Migos, mm-hmm. who made songs with Ric Flair, not with him, but like in the videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that might them hearing about this might. oh god whoops
0: this is now very inappropriate
1: <laughs> yeah that, that that song kind of that song kind of sheds a dark light a little bit but I understand what you're trying to say that, that, that was a little funny I gotta give you that um, but we're just gonna go through some of the stuff that were that were talked about and you know just run through it uh one of the things i wanted to talk about though in the very beginning they had a bunch of talent going through it at the beginning just what led up to it the things that happened and stuff Mm -hmm. uh terry runnels was there and she likened it to being on a bus with a bunch of high school football players that just won the championship and rvd was there rvd said that's kind of giving them some credit as high schoolers. He said it was like a bunch of damn fifth graders. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that right there just kind of tells me RVD is known for his party lifestyle. He's known known to smoke a lot of tree. He's known to drink here and there. He's dabbled in some other stuff. But he's never been one to shy away from it. He's always been one that if he's done something, he tells you how it is. RVD's always been the type that's like, yeah, no, I smoke, I... Yeah, I drank. Yeah, I have snorted. I've done it all. And he's never been one to actually shy away from it. So going into this, I'm going to tend to believe more of what RVD says just because he's never really lied about his stuff. That's kind of how I felt going in on it.
0: Yeah, he he was, um, ironically enough, one of the clearer, less problematic guys on the flight um according, at least according to the episode um which is ironic for how long they've negatively uh attacked RVD for his uh drug habits and mm-hmm. uh you know cool laid back persona he was actually one of the ones that kind of stayed out of everything or all the major points at least
1: which is crazy. Like, when you think of rowdy and rambunctious and, like, partying, mm-hmm. you think of RVD. RVD is, like, one of the top five guys that comes to mind. Yeah. And for him to actually be one of the more tame ones that were on this flight, that speaks volumes.
0: Yeah, I mean, he when he was retiring, he was uh, basically on a run where he was super egotistical, very party and was coupled up with an OnlyFans uh woman that had clearly had some work done clear that was, that was his that was his last on screen persona so so for um for all the things that they put out there about him he was he's he's actually um pretty what's the word I'm looking for um He's actually got a handle on his lifestyle mm-hmm. a lot more than uh, a lot of people did back then.
1: So. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think there's a point to that. Uh, I'm going to I'm actually going to make a note of that and bring it up later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to dive in real quick. Uh, some of the stuff that happened on there. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this was at Insurrection in 2002. And one of the matches that happened to be on the card was, I think it was a tag match. They didn't say the exact match it was, and I can't remember off the top of my head. But I know X-Pac and JBL were in a match together.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And during the match, Bradshaw had gotten some color. Which, for those of you who don't know, that means Bradshaw had gotten busted open and he was bleeding. Um, Now, this was one of the more known stories, but apparently on the plane ride... Things had gotten so wild that Michael P.S. Hayes, who some of y'all know is uh, part of the Freebirds, talent relations, uh, creative, stuff like that, yeah, um, he was messed up on the plane as well and decided to hit Bradshaw with a, um, I guess it's like that Freebirds bump, if you will, like that, that hand bump that they do. Mm-hmm. And he popped him in the head and busted him open again. Bradshaw just gets up. Knocks him out. Clean out cold. Plane... slapped him right across the face. Yeah, airplane pops. The boys get a good laugh out of it. Bradshaw sits back down and goes back to sleep. And... The crowd's chanting for X-Pac. Like, all the boys are chanting for X-Pac. He comes up, grabs P.S. Hayes's ponytail... And just chops the damn thing off. Uh, and X-Pac said he wanted to do it... Just to, you know, make the boys happy. But he also... Kind of had some heat with him because... He was tired of him burying X-Pac in booking. He was tired of him volunteering the Hardy Boys, Edge, and Christian for the dumbass ladder stunts that nobody else wanted to do. But he just volunteered them to do it because they were considered the spot monkeys. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, this might sound fucked up, but I kind of understand why X-Pac did that. Like, he might have been messed up, too. But I I can, if that, if there's any truth to that, I understand why X-Pac did it.
0: Yeah, um, and also, just to premise this, guys, um, wrestling in the 90s and early 2000s, there's a lot of drugs, there's a lot of booze as generally part of the culture. Um, not, Not condoning it, but just to say that you have to remember that at this time, like drugs, alcohol... Um, weed even is very common. But, mm-hmm. um it's the man the extent to which their behavior went on this day that makes yeah. it so ridiculous. Um, so and and practical jokes as well were a common thing. Um so as offensive as like cutting hair is someone's hair is today, um, back then it was it was mild mannered. You just wouldn't do it to uh someone that high in regards to backstage according yeah. to you know, they they handle that handles booking and talent relations. It's something you do to um,
1: it's, it's the back then it's something like, like it's animal. back then it's like it's something that talent would like do to each other. Like they would smack each other with shaving cream or you know, mess with each other's hair. Stuff along that lines. And that's actually kinda tame compared to majority of the other things that happened on this flight. Exactly. So um not to
0: give X pop a pass.
1: No, no, hate For
0: someone to cut yeah. my hair in my sleep, I would go crazy. I got scissors around here somewhere. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is understandable. Yeah, I mean, a lot of P.S. Hayes was originally one of the boys from back in the day when drinking and all this stuff was a yeah. big thing, and now he's in he's in talent relations, but that still doesn't kind of take him out of um that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's you know. A lot of heat. He was pissed. It's understandable. If it's a normal rib back then, and you know you got heat with the guy that came from that place, and um, you're just a little upset and you're drunk.
1: Yeah. I mean, a little more than drunk, but a little more than drunk. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um. Some other things that happened on here. Uh. I want to talk about. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to knock out two birds with one stone on this one. You got. Brock Lesnar who Supposedly This didn't happen on the plane Supposedly this first part happened backstage From from what I remember Um, Terry Reynolds was backstage doing interviews Um and She had gotten called into A room by Brock Lesnar And Upon walking into the room Brock Lesnar Was in his towel opened his towel up And decided to flash her Um now, see, for me, this is where it kind of gets a little fucked up because I think it was Dustin who told her to no sell it, Yeah, wh- which in turn is like, ignore it, don't even... Who at
0: the time, I, I believe, was her ex-husband.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't care if it's Brock... Like if, if I'm a female, I don't care if it's Brock Lesnar, Vince McMahon, Paul Heyman... It could have been anybody. I don't care who the hell you are, if you're a top fish or, you know, bottom feeder. If I'm a female and you're doing that to me while I'm at work, I don't care who you are. I'm reporting that. Like, that's just, to me, that's got no excuse. Yeah, you don't
0: expose yourself to people um, that don't voluntarily ask for it. Um, so, that shocking. I didn't know Brock had heat. Backstage. Um aside from, you know, being the, the big guy that's getting the push kinda kinda of heat.
1: Yeah.
0: Um but JR had said that there was a there was some complaints about his behavior. hmm uh, did not did not expect this.
1: Yeah. And and J R was during this whole uh episode, J R was as non-biased as as he could be. He was he, he didn't try to sugarcoat anything. He didn't try to play favorites. Uh, and even the one time he did mention something that was kind of in the realm of favoritism, it really wasn't. Um, but we'll get into that one later. Also, Brock and Kurt Henning, who I think Kurt was also H-bombing that night as well.
0: Yeah, who Kurt uh, Kurt Henning, um, for those of you who don't know Mr. Perfect from the 80s, um, is notorious for jokes, practical jokes, ribbing, as it's known in the business, uh, backstage. And apparently they had said once Kurt Henning had returned, a lot of pranks began happening again. Um, so prank culture had gotten back in there, which I'm, I'm sure, of course, led to hair cutting and all that other good stuff coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had got into they got into their whole thing. Um, as a blanket statement, before we continue the Brock Lesnar, Mr. Perfect story. Um, God bless Jr. Yeah,
1: because Jr. I, I, I feel bad for JR. Like, watching this whole thing, I feel bad for him. Because this man literally had to deal with a bunch of grown-ass men acting like like idiots. hmm And I get your talent relations, you're in charge of the talent, but... The talent gotta hold themselves to a higher standard, too. You can't be acting like dumbasses the entire time. Absolutely. I, got, um, I get you guys are worked up, you're sitting there for seven hours, but... You gotta have some type of self control. Yeah,
0: man. Uh, Jr. had to do way too much, um, and like RVD said, it was like it was like trying to ring in a bunch of ridiculous fifth graders, man. Um, so credit to Jr. for doing what he had to do, the best he could, mm-hmm. and ended up having to make the decisions he had to make at the end. But yeah, um, as far as the Mr. Perfect-Brock story
1: Yeah, so Brock and Mr. Perfect Apparently uh, were going at it back and forth with each other a little bit And they ended up getting into an actual wrestling match on this flight mm-hmm. And banging up against uh, the emergency door mm-hmm. And waking up a lot of the talent while they're doing it Because you know some of the talent was asleep at the time And I guess them, actually, two grown-ass men fighting each other on a plane was gonna wake up the whole plane. Yeah. So you figure you got two guys that are like 6'4", 250, just sitting there acting like dummies wrestling with each other on an airplane at 30,000 feet.
0: Um, I think that used to be one of the nicknames, too, was Nightmare at 30,000 feet. Oh, no, that's the Twilight episode. Um... But yeah, but Kurt Kurt Henning, had, um, he had put shaving cream on Brock Lesnar's head and proceeded to smack it, which woke up Brock, and then Brock chased him down the aisle and picked him up, and they were just smashing into everything on the planet. I mean, Brock is a
1: big-ass boy. They both
0: big. They both big as I hell. get they both big, but Brock is a big-ass boy. Yeah, this time Brock was huge. This, this was like, like straight out of NCAA Brock. It's like the best Brock has ever looked too. Um, it's just that Brock and the Brock now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he, he was in he was in prime condition, Brock. Mm-hmm. He was an animal. Yeah. Um, and him and Kurt are smashing all up against the plane, and they're breaking everything. The stewardess can't do anything. You know, just what is what is what is the flight attendant supposed to do between two guys that are six something two. To like high to high like two eighty like you know what I mean two seventy pounds and um, I think one of the flight captains came out couldn't break it up and it wasn't until they hit the door that um, the rest of the boys had gotten up to break up the fight.
1: I think this is what happens when you're going through countless amount of drugs, three liquor carts, like. Before the plane even takes off Mm -hmm. And When you're on This was what a 7 hour flight back So 7 hours on the tarmac 7 hours in the air And you go through 3 liquor carts And you're H-bombing even before the plane takes off Mm -hmm. You run through all the food You run through everything So you got nothing else left to do Let's just do whatever drugs we got left Whatever liquor we got left And just go ape shit
0: yeah, and for those of you who didn't, um, who don't know what an H bomb is, just consider it a roofie.
1: Yeah, like you start foaming at the mouth, all this crazy stuff happens, your speech starts slurring. Ba- basically, you kind of lose control. Yeah. Um, speaking of people that were H bombing, uh, Scott Hall happens to be one of them, and I think he was probably one of the most H bombed out of his mind. Um, for those of you who don't know or didn't watch it, there was a stewardess on the plane by the name of Heidi Doyle, and she was one of the stewardesses in charge of, you know, making sure the talent was okay, uh, getting them their drinks, getting them their food, and in this case, babysitting them. Um, he had been passed out on the plane, and mind you, this is at, this is at around a time Scott Hall is just getting back on the road, like he's just getting out of rehab, he's just finally getting himself back together. And he's back amongst this mess. Uh, So for him to act the way he was acting just tells you he really had no self-control. But he was drunk. He was drugged up. The stewardess tries to wake him up. And then he tried to lick the stewardess. He said her shirt was starting to break open and he threatened to lick her. And then he tried to proceed to lick her.
0: Yeah and then before she, before he uh could actually do so he passed right back out. Yeah. Um they contacted Scott Scott said he has no recollection of the event.
1: mm Mhm. But I mean I wouldn't either if I was just if, if I was just drunk as hell and dockied out of my mind like that.
0: Yeah, to be fair, Scott Hall didn't even become truly sober until way way later in his career yeah I think like um, in the, basically when he had already retired yeah like the,
1: like no the 2010s I think and I think even then he was still having some DUI issues exactly so um to be fair at this
0: point in time Scott was um this probably was, drugged up out of his mind this he was got like, H-bombed by somebody And this was
1: like was crowd probably, 9 Scott
0: yeah like this is this was a totally incoherent Scott who I'm sure at times, could not remember what he was doing, so I, I don't. I don't believe he's lying. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he has no recollection of this happening.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he probably Which does. doesn't excuse it. Yeah, in I'm sure he anyway. doesn't remember it happening, but that's still no excuse. Yeah, like, yeah. No. you're just getting out of rehab. You're just getting yourself together. Yeah, you're a grown man. You're making probably hundreds of thousands of dollars by this point, maybe millions. Who knows? But you're making a lot of money. You got a certain type of Um, you got a certain type of standard to uphold working for a company like the WWE, Mm -hmm. especially with them bringing you back after you've already had issues. Mm -hmm. So at this point, you make yourself look bad and you make the company look bad. So that's inexcusable. And I'm pretty sure if the shoe's on the other foot and this is happening to... I don't know. Some one of Scott's relatives, like maybe Scott's sister or his aunt or something, he's not gonna like this at all. Mm-mm. So for him to actually go out and do stuff like this is inexcusable. So Scott was in a world of his own as well on this flight, and he wound up having repercussions that we'll talk about later. Uh, what other ones were there? Uh, Dustin Rhodes is another one.
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna
1: jump to. Uh, well, why don't you take Dustin? Cause
0: Uh, So apparently at the time, Dustin is coming out of uh, a divorce with uh, Terry Mm -hmm. Runnels, who's his longtime manager. Um, And he was just, he was going through some things. He was doing, uh, I believe, coke at the time. He was doing inappropriate things like using the person's back seat or like person's um, the back of the person sitting in front of Yeah the, the tray. The the tray is like a spittoon. Um, he was drunk. Uh,
1: he was H bombing as well.
0: Heavily drunk and H bombing. So during the flight there were two incidents. There was an incident where um there was an incident where everybody was asleep and gold dust had, or Dustin. Yeah. Dustin had uh woken up, damn near woken everybody up, singing some kind of love song to Terry. Through um, the
1: uh through the PA through the, microphone through the
0: PA system through the microphone PA system. Um, the Jr. had to come out and stop mm-hmm. because the stewardess kept trying to get the microphone back from me He wouldn't give it to her. And so Jr had to come good out. Good old Jr
1: coming back out playing babysitter for another sit, grown man.
0: Sit the fuck down and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um. And then uh, no, no, you, I think that might have been the only the only major incident. I think later, yeah, he, he actually he helped tried, stop an yeah, incident. He, he, he helped, he helped stop an incident. But yeah, that was that was Dustin. He was you know on code using the
1: platoon. I mean, I
0: is the platoon
1: uh, and uh, Jr love songs where everyone's trying to sleep. JR said it best. Uh, as far as it went for Dustin, he understands that Dustin was going through a rough time. Uh, he was just going through a divorce with Terry Runnels. Uh, he felt like his life was, you know, at a standstill. But it's still not an excuse to act the way he acted. And and even the stewardess
0: had noted that he was clearly he was clearly hurt.
1: Yeah, uh, Heidi Doyle did say that. She said she noticed. Uh, even though Dustin was in the mix as well as partying and whatnot. You could tell that he he looked like a heartbroken man. I mean, I can understand it when you're heartbroken, you know, sometimes you do stuff to take the pain away. Yeah. But you don't tend to realize or most people don't tend to realize when they do that stuff to take the pain away, they either A make it worse, yeah. or B become so drawn to it that when that pain is actually gone, you miss the thing that helped take it away and give you that high, and you keep going back to it. Mm-hmm. So, Dustin, uh, even though he was heartbroken and had a lot of stuff going on, like like we all do at times, uh, that's still not an excuse.
0: Yeah, self awareness—that's what it is.
1: And and I'm sure I'm pretty sure that was hard for for Jr. to say because he did note Dustin is one of his best friends and him and Dustin have been through a lot yeah
0: um
1: who else uh, uh there's one more person that we gotta talk about uh, probably well there's a couple people but the one big person we gotta talk about here is uh Ric Flair uh probably the main culprit of everybody on this damn flight uh, so, Ric Flair had a couple incidents on his plane. Uh, so, one of them was the uh, the helicopter incident. Uh, now, Ric Flair's been known to, with the boys, he's been known to be butt-ass naked, nothing but his robe and some socks, and just twirl his penis around.
0: Yeah, it's a classic Ric Flair uh
1: yeah, and, and a lot of people have spoken that Rick's like Rick likes to do that with the boys. Uh, um, Missy Hyatt's has spoken on it. Uh, Nash has spoken on it. Um, I'm trying to think who else was there. Uh, Honky Tonk Man, I think, says something about it before. So, a lot of people have spoken that Rick likes to do this type of thing. Um, weird concept. And weird, weird gag, I guess, but I guess when you're, I guess when you when you're with the boys, I guess boys will be boys. I don't think you've ever done that with me. I don't think I've ever done that with you. But hey, you know, to each his own. To yeah. whatever you do with your guy friends, have fun.
0: Yeah, the new the new wrestling culture is just to play video games on Twitch.
1: So, yeah, so. yeah, that that that's our We're that's not running our into any of that. That's our new form of gags. We we yeah. tend to crash each other's live streams and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but when you're doing this. With people outside of the business, mm-hmm. that's when I guess some people that were on this, uh, some people that were on this episode would say that's where it gets a little odd. Yeah. Um, I, me personally, I think it's odd all the way around, but um, you know, it is, it is what it is. Uh, you would uh, blame it on the culture, I guess. I guess you can call it culture, but I still find it completely messed up. Um, Another instance was he tried to trap the stewardess in the kitchen area. Um, And this is where it gets a little weird for me. Uh, Heidi Doyle spoke on it and she said Rick trapped her in the kitchen area and tried to grab her hand and make her touch his penis. Now, Tommy Dreamer was on this episode, and Tommy Dreamer was kind of defending Rick and saying that her story must be false because Rick's not known to do that to a woman. But RVD, on the very next clip, says that he's seen Rick back there with her doing it. Like, he's seen her back there doing the helicopter dance and trapping her in the area. Keeping her from moving for a couple minutes, so I don't know if Tommy Dreamer's just trying to like defend his idol and come to his honor, and be like oh no Rick would never do that type of thing, but RVD's never been one to really lie about shit like this, so you kind of like you're at a you're at like a weighing scale here, like all right was well, Dreamer telling the truth or is Heidi and RVD telling the truth? Because I tend to believe RVD, because RVD, for him to have, like I said earlier, for him to have the lifestyle that he had, he's never really shied away from his lifestyle. So why would he need to lie about it now? Or why would he need to lie about somebody else doing it now?
0: Um... Let me choose my words carefully. Um... So blanket statement being naked in a robe is just weird in general.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but again I will I'll 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 blame it on the times. Um classic Ric Flair gag. That's what they did back then. I wasn't there, I don't know how it works. I don't I don't, I don't get it, but it is what it is. If that's what it is with the boys, that's what it is. The problem for me does become when you're doing it to people that are not necessarily of that culture. Um, they don't know anything about the gag. Mm-hmm. To them, it's not a joke. It's just a weird man in a robe naked swinging his dick around. Um. So, naturally... I would be against doing that on the plane with people that are not, for one, definitely not wrestling fans because you didn't know who Goldust was.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and for two, they're just trying to do their job, man. Like, this isn't this isn't the arena. Yeah. This isn't the hotel with just the boys in the room. hmm um, you're around people who have no idea what you're doing and what the joke is supposed yeah, to be.
1: Yeah, technically, you're you're potentially scarring these people for life.
0: Exactly. Um, so what happens here is, I believe I believe what happened here is the joke gone too far. But the problem for me is that there was no and and and. Yes, I understand they're drunk and they're drugged up and do you know, all this other stuff. But there has to be some sort of self awareness um, because I know it's a joke to you and it's a joke to the boys, and the boys pop for it. They love seeing Naked Rick, whatever.
1: But obviously. But
0: the trapping of the woman in the room is the issue because she yeah. doesn't know
1: it's a joke. Yeah. She doesn't get it. It's not funny to her. Yeah, when you when you you're do just, that, you're just exposing yourself. Yeah, w- when you do crazy. that, when you trap the woman in the room, that's taking it too far.
0: And even and even that, um, because she 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 went on record to say she doesn't think he was trying to. Uh, she was he was trying to sexually assault her. Mm-hmm. He doesn't think she he was trying to rape her. Um, but it was just. Again, you're like pushing yourself onto somebody, trying to get them to touch you inappropriately. Um, and at the time, like I said, this is she doesn't know about this joke, this isn't funny to her. You're just drunk, exposing yourself to her, mm-hmm. trying to get her to touch you. Yeah, and you have to have the self awareness to realize that that's what's going on in her head. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just because she's on the plane doesn't mean she's one of the boys. Yeah. Um, and even it, I think even if it is, how do I say this? Um, I think even even if, if I think it wouldn't be as bad, and that's that sounds terrible too, but I think it wouldn't be as bad if he was doing the gag for them. Because there's a certain level of not realizing what's going on because you're drugged up and you're drunk and you're with the boys. Mm-hmm. So there's a certain level, even if you were like drunk out of your mind, so you're not it's not quite hitting your head yet but- that there are other people on the flight. Yeah. And you, you pull, you pull, you know, Space Mountain, whatever. And even if like you're walking the aisle and she goes back into the room to get away from it, Mm-hmm. Even if you were approaching the room and you realized she was uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you could have had the self awareness to like turn around, yeah, and walk back down the aisle or
1: something, yeah. Because right? it's,
0: it's the going in the room and like insisting that you participate, yeah, and, and
1: trying to like trap her and you know do your little dance and the, make that, it seem like you're trying to keep her is. there.
0: It's it's the insisting mm-hmm. that you participate in the joke that's yeah. like inappropriate.
1: Yeah, I mean, because if you do that with your friends, okay, cool, you're doing it with your friends, but this is somebody who ha- has no idea who you are, somebody who's o- whose only purpose there is to provide your your accommodations on your flight back home. Nowhere in that job description does it say she's supposed to, you know, dance with you there while you're naked and let you grab her hand so she could try to touch your penis. That's nowhere in the job description does it say that. Yeah. Uh so me personally I think Rick should have been punished for the shit he did on this flight. Mm-hmm. Um and then Dreamer's comments defending Rick I think were a little stupid. Like I, I think his comments were a little odd. And that that's me being nice. He tried to compare it to him having a fucking double ponytail. So, he's really comparing somebody being offended by this alleged sexual assault, or alleged attempt of it, to someone being offended that he has a fucking double ponytail. That's what I don't get. Like, dude, you are a grown-ass man, you're 50 years old, you've been around the world, you've seen all this shit, and you're comparing it to a fucking double ponytail? It makes no sense to me. I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna try to break this down as non-biasedly as possible. Um, so I understand the point he was trying to make. Uh. That nowadays, it, it, hold on, that 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 nowadays people will be offended by any old thing so to speak so to speak so to speak mm-hmm. um, but so I get I get like the double ponytail thing like I understand what you're saying the point you're trying to make is that people will get offended about anything nowadays. That point aside, the problem here is that um for one you you started very uh insensitive. Just not exactly in the wording, but in the tone and delivery of what you're saying. Yeah. He started with um it's a gag amongst the boys which I've already said if that's a thing with y'all that's a thing with y'all whatever and then he proceeded to say if somebody got offended by that which is very like disassociating Mm -hmm. like well yes (laughs) Tommy that is the issue someone that's not the boys got offended by this and you're taking no time to be understanding about it Mm -hmm. that's the issue Um, the issue is that it's not one of the boys yeah it's a joke, it's a gag you guys love to see the problem is it's not you guys so if it was insensitive to some, even if it was even if you were saying this about somebody that was in the locker room that was seeing this for the first time, Mm -hmm. it would be different yeah even and that's still wrong mind you, but even then it would be different this is somebody that has nothing to do with the business. Mm-hmm. That is not one of the boys. That does not come from where you come from. That um, is experiencing this for the first time, um, not willingly, mm-hmm. and is being forced to participate. So yeah, she's gonna be offended, Tommy. Yeah. Like, like, don't, don't, don't come off insensitive. Like you can't put yourself in her shoes for one second.
1: Yeah, I mean, I understand the only thing I can understand that he said was that in today's society, everyone gets offended about everything, which is true. You know, we can get offended by every little thing. And
0: that's the only part I can agree with.
1: But when we're talking about something as serious as, you know, a potential attempt at sexual harassment... That's something to get pretty fucking offended by If you ask me Like if she felt offended That's something to be offended about Especially when it's somebody you don't know
0: Absolutely So I think mistake number one Is Coming off Very nonchalant Very inconsiderate um, And then number two Like Like I, I almost I, I, and like I said I tried to approach this as non-biased as possible mm-hmm. so when you when you say like if she felt that way she should have carried it to the fullest she should have not taken the money in the settlement she should have carried it to the fullest extent of the law to put this heinous person in jail in my opinion, that's what he said, and the problem is, even if you felt that way, like like it's not about it's uh-huh. sometimes it's about how you say things, yeah, like even if you personally felt like if she was that hurt by it, she should have not taken the settlement, you could have said that so much better
1: mm-hmm, you could have worded that so differently than the way you said it.
0: And you could have delivered it better.
1: Even mm-hmm.
0: it's like, and and it's again very disassociating, like very, very like uh, uh isolated incident. Like you don't know this person at all. Like you've never, you'd like you were never on this plane. Like you're somebody from the outside looking
1: in. And even and even with that. Even, like even with this him. heinous
0: person, like the, sarc- the sarcasm in there, mm-hmm. if she really felt that way,
1: Yeah, the fucking eye rolling, the,
0: the exactly. tilting of the like, head come yeah. on, man. And like, even, come on.
1: and even when you try to say that, like you can, but how many people have had that happen to them to the point where they're scared to come forward because they don't want to relive it? Because that is a pretty scary thing. Like that that's probably one of the scariest things any man, woman can go through mm. is sexual assault. And for him to say it the way he said it and word it the way he did, it kinda came out kinda kinda assholish.
0: Not even kinda. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, that that's what I mean. Like I'm I'm trying to I'm still trying to, you know trying to be like you here, be trying like, to be like non biased. Yeah. I mean it still comes out assholish. But At the end of the day, I still don't agree with the comments he said. I mean, the only like the I can only maybe I take away one thing from what he said, and that's about it.
0: The disheartening thing for me is the way you deliver the words. Mm Mm-hmm. Like there was no consideration, and you were you were approaching the subject as if it was so blasphemous that there's no way that on a plane full of highly drugged, highly drunk, nothing to do, rowdy ass guys, that a guy that naturally um that naturally, traditionally, has always done a gag of being naked in a robe mm-hmm. that has a lot of intercourse with women in yeah. a culture where R V D has said they will sometimes use drugs just to have their way with women. You act like it's so impossible for this to have even been a possibility. That's that's the problem. The problem is you approached it like it was never a possibility.
1: Honestly, for me... like
0: There was a way for you to say, I know this man personally and I don't feel like he would have done that. You can say that. But if, and still say, I don't believe her without making it seem like like she's
1: completely wrong,
0: exactly. There was a way to yeah, say, like, well, like listen, they're... if that's what happened, that is what happened. But I know Rick, and mm-hmm. for me personally, I don't think yeah. that situation might have occurred. Mm-hmm. And maybe there was some things that got lost in translation, yeah. But to me, that is not my recollection. Yeah,
1: if you if you were it like that, then okay, it sounds better because it doesn't seem like you're completely. Disown like disheartening her exactly it it makes it seem like you personally don't think Rick would do it, but if somebody if she took it that way, then you understand and you feel sorry for her exactly.
0: But you came into it like
1: Like you're just straight I guess
0: he's just this terrible person Yeah, you, like, yeah. like come on If man, he was really that If he say. was
1: really that terrible Why didn't you do anything about exactly.
0: it Exactly That's not what we're trying to say What we're trying to say is
1: That's why I was saying If he's really sitting there Defending Rick like that And just saying Her story's false She didn't do it Your best friend And one of your best friends In the very next clip Said Yeah he's seen Rick back there with her Holding her in the kitchen Just doing the frilly little like, Helicopter like, on, dick man. dance Like come on man so it kind of makes Rick look like a liar, it makes you look like a liar, and it makes you look like an asshole. Totally. There's, there's a way for you to say it to where you don't sound like an asshole. And Dreamer came out after this aired, and he apologized. He said he understands the things he said came off as disingenuous, and he could have said it differently. I mean, Which
0: I'm sure he knew at the time as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I can appreciate him actually apologizing for it, because not a lot of people would but the way he said it was just fucked up for me. I understand I, I respect him actually owning up to it and apologizing and saying that you know he said it th- he said it wrong that's not how he wanted it interpreted. So I mean I can respect the apology but it's it's still just a fucked up thing.
0: I would hope that Tommy said what he said like maybe there's something that happened off air there was a way. That they worded the question to him or I I would hope that there was something that led him to say the thing he the say things the way he said them mm-hmm. and that he didn't realize how he said it at the time. And then he watched the episode and was like, Wow, that didn't sound
1: great. Yeah. I, 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 I hope that apologize for it. I hope that's what happened.
0: Like maybe there was
1: some I hope he didn't see cancel culture coming for him. I hope he watched the episode and was like, that's not how I meant to say that. That's not how I wanted that to come out. Mm-hmm. I-, I hope it didn't just take cancel culture for him to realize that, okay, he might've fucked right, up.
0: I hope it's not a bullshit apology.
1: Yeah.
0: I hope you're saying it because he watched it back and he was like, wow, that did not
1: sound how I thought Yeah, it like that's not how, how I meant it to be. Um, But some people, some people got, uh, Some people got dealt with uh, accordingly, in my opinion. Scott Hall was fired. Kurt Henning was fired. Uh, Dustin was on the verge of being fired, but JR gave him a hefty fine instead and tried to tell Dustin, hey, get your shit together or you got to go. And Ric Flair, the main culprit of all of it, for the most part, was back on TV I don't care if you're Ric Flair Stone Cold Undertaker The Rock Hulk Hogan Bruno San Martino whoever you are if something like this happens and you're at the head of it you're getting dealt with it might kill me financially sure but at the end of the day I'm a human, and I know what you did was fucked up. It's going to make me look bad for for not doing anything to you. I can't condone that behavior that you displayed, and I can't have people like you around. So until you can either get right, understand what you did was wrong, or fix it, you got to go. Whether I fire you, whether I suspend you and not pay you, whether I hit you with a big-ass fine, you got to go somewhere. So Rick would have been dealt with, too. And Brock, being a young kid, Brock would have been dealt with, too. Brock would have got... I would have hit Brock with a big-ass fine as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for damage of personal property. Like, dude. Or, you know, damage of the airline.
1: Like, certain people did get dealt with that should have gotten dealt with, but then there's people that didn't get dealt with that should have. Out of favoritism.
0: Yeah. Because you should have said something to PSA's.
1: Yeah, P.S. Hayes is another one because you could have, you could have got him for fucking. You're
0: part of staff. You can't go. Whacking Bradshaw, town, yeah, yeah. I, and, and I don't I'm, care I, if you used to wrestle.
1: I'm not gonna play favorites here because even though I do understand what X Pac did, and I, I think it's funny as hell what X Pac did. Yeah, it's still X Pac should have got something there too. Um, honestly, Bradshaw probably the only one.
0: Yeah, Bradshaw was just Bradshaw,
1: yeah Like Bradshaw was just i you know, give you that
0: And you didn't It's not like you fought the guy You just slapped him And knocked the fuck out Yeah, like Bradshaw. you defended
1: yourself, dude yeah. Somebody comes up to me Busts me open again You're yeah. getting slapped
0: Bradshaw gets to buy, so
1: Um I but will yeah, give Justin
0: had to get fined
1: I will give credit to RVD I give credit to RVD Cause even though he was You know, partying too He was technically One of the tame ones Yep, yeah,
0: just incredible.
1: Just incredible, man He earns my damn respect He earns my respect, and I never... For
0: basically being Scott Hall's... Fucking knight uh, in shining armor. Yeah. For that day. Of all people, (laughs) Justin
1: Credible, like, God. Yep.
0: Got him through the whole... Got uh, him through
1: TSA, put him in the wheelchair, lied for him to TSA, mm -hmm. and then JR, one of the just incredible, a new asshole, and Justin's like, I didn't do anything. I I did the good thing. I saved him. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, he was going to be left on the plane. So. Um, and poor Jr. Yeah, man, poor Jr. That's that's like probably one of the main points I I gotta get across to this is fucking poor Jr. Mm-hmm. I mean, poor Heidi Doyle too because she went through some shit and no nobody should ever have to go through what she went through. Yeah. No. but I mean, damn Jr. Dude, you he he got it, he got it rough this flight. I feel bad for him.
0: I mean, but like you said I, I am head of talent relations um, Hirings, firings, raises
1: That's uh, all part of his uh, his MO
0: it is, it is head of talent relations That's what you gotta do You handle the talent You handle talent relations That's what it is Yeah But you can't You can't be Everywhere Making sure everyone's Doing what they're supposed to do And you shouldn't have
1: to Yeah they, they, they should hold. These them, are grown men. They they should still be able to hold themselves to a little bit of a higher standard. Right.
0: These are grown men. They should be able to carry themselves a certain way. They should be able to act a certain way. They should be able to take a fucking plane ride without me having to come out every five minutes
1: to, to make stop sure they're, hell from freezing
0: yeah. over. You know what I mean? Like,
1: it's crazy. unreal. It's crazy uh but that's that's all we have for this episode of the Plan ride from hell guys uh it was a wild episode if you haven't checked it out you need to check it out because it could open, it'll open your eyes a lot um somebody somebody said something very important uh and they said sometimes stuff like this makes you not want to meet your heroes because your heroes might turn out to be freaks mm-hmm. uh, Yep. Yeah. And, uh, it's a tough, it's a tough concept to grasp, but it might be a little bit right after yeah, watching this. Yeah,
0: he was like, uh, you said, um, I don't necessarily know if it's great for everyone to hear these stories. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's, you
1: know. It sheds a dark light on what they do. And there's I th-
0: some people, uh, uh, say your praise and eat your vitamins is on steroids and races. So,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> it's
0: yeah. just you know, uh, you know.
1: I mean, you know. Sometimes
0: it's just not the world you think it is.
1: Mm mm. It can all be sunshine and rainbows the one day and then it, it's amazing what changes from a Friday to a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's all we have for this episode, guys. Definitely reach out to us, let us know if you watched it, what you thought about it, whether you thought it was insightful, whether you thought it was ridiculous, if there's any people that you know you can't that you don't like anymore because of this, or if there's people that you gain respect for which ironically out of this whole story we gained a little bit of more respect for just incredible yeah
0: <laughs> i was happy just to see him on the episode
1: yeah i mean
0: <laughs> i was like where the hell is just yeah incredible? but, but yeah. yeah
1: um but that's it guys hope you enjoyed this episode have a good one stay up stay blessed as always stay, stay dangerous, dangerous.